Hey, Kingfield family. Thanks for tuning in to this platform with us on Anchor.fm or whatever platform you were choosing to listen to your podcast on. These are going to be collections of our Coach's Corner, Coach's Talk with coaches, community members, and other friends within our network and the Kingfield family. So, Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Please, if you want us to bring anything or anyone on, reach out to Danny at CrossFitKingfield.com. Send your suggestions, comments, and we hope to bring more and more fun, more and more connection, and more and more value to you here on this platform. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Cool. Okay. So obviously, you know, um, for anyone that's listening to this, well, first off, everybody's going to be end up listening to this because it's all it's going to be is a podcast but um for those of you who don't know me uh, or haven't gotten a chance to know me yet my name is michael um i you're gonna see me more and more at crossfit kingfield if you haven't already um in the future coaching classes working with anthony on programming christian at the on programming um and just around the gym um but anthony and i this morning are going to talk about Uh, A few things in programming, Um, number one being kind of like what our vision and what our mind is kind of around the importance of fitness programming in general. Um, And then we're going to talk about periodization and or um, progression or progressive nature of training and why we feel it's important and how whether we're in the gym uh, or at home, how all, you know, if we want to really find consistency and results in training that being able to see a week to week progression and different things of that nature, um, just why that's important. Um, especially as we make the shift that you guys will all be seeing here in this next week of programming for at home in the virtual Kingfield online coaching world. So, um, so I guess my first question to you, Anthony, to kind of kick this off is Mm -hmm. when you look at training, um, why like in your mind, like, what are some important pieces that you think within fitness training, you know, we'll say strength, um, you know, uh, aerobic capacity, those different types of things, kind of things that we cover within general population of fitness at the gym. What are some of the most important things to you when you look at how to set up that kind of training? Um, You know, I think the biggest thing is uh, we have to look at what, I guess it's a number of things. What do I think are what do I think are going to be the limiting factors uh, within the person? So that's pretty much the main reason why we do our um, like singular foundations with people, like one on one individually, um, is so we can see what limiting factors are and we can then um, understand like holistically how we can program around that. Um, but two, also I like to consider with the with the person how do we um, how do we approach what they want to do as well? So there, there's, there's that as like in terms of individualistically, like how do I want, how does this person going to enjoy training if I'm just giving them what I think they need to do? Now, if I have an athlete that's incredibly dedicated, um, that's a different story if we're talking about individual programming. But as a, if we're talking about masses, so many people want different things. And so being able to consider what people are enjoying and having fun with is also going to allow us to create really successful programming. So it's, it, it goes a little bit further beyond just like period as I, how do I say it? Period, 
periodizing. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, beyond it goes beyond that with the athlete, right. and it moves it moves into um, what's going to keep them keep them motivated um, to an extent. Right, and I agree, and I think that sometimes, um, and you know, you've seen this, I've seen this, a lot of coaches in in this kind of crossfit space have seen this is sometimes um it's it's like we have two two polarizing ends of the spectrum where we have the completely always fun always catering to the feelings of just keeping things different to the other end of the spectrum where everything is always to the finite details of well it's this eight, eight weeks of this every day is is contributing to this and um, but I think the people, some of the people that are taking the best approach, which I feel like we do at Kingfield is like what you're saying is we kind of take the two and we, we marry them, we marry them in the middle, um, you know, trying to find a mix of like, you're saying like, where do we, where do we find the diversity and keeping things engaging, but also keep the foundations of, you know, what actually produces and, you know, as people are listening, I'm making air quotes fitness. Um, and I think for me, when I look at it, I want to know in the, on the most simple of things, when like we'll take strength, for instance, I think, because it's something you and I both can really heavily agree on. Like strength is really simple as far as building strength. But for some reason, a lot of people try to make it really complicated. Um, but the reality is, is we can be really simple and really consistent with strength and then maybe the things on the other end of the spectrum, like skills and or just, um, you know, general fitness training, we can keep those things relatively varied and still have a similar outcome uh, with that. So well, let's talk about strength first. So when, when you look at strength training, like, you know, obviously you've you've you compete in a strength sport. Um, I've competed in powerlifting. I've competed in CrossFit. Um, you know, those, uh, those things who have, which obviously have very heavy uh, strength biases to them. But when you look at strength training for our gym, uh, as a collective, like what are some of the foundational things you think are important when building strength and why it's important to be consistent, but not be complicated in that? Right. Well, I mean, if you, if, if we just consider, um, like if, if we consider like two aspects, if we're talking about strength or if we're talking about like aerobic capacity, I've always said that I'm more biased towards strength because the stronger the athlete, the more capabilities we have of doing other things on the spectrum. Um, we, the more ability we have to push the intensity, the, the more stability we've created within joints, tendons, and ligaments. Um, the, the higher, the, the adaptation rate is gonna be much better overall. And so I think people come in with this like misinformed idea where it's like, I need to be aerobically fit in order to be considered fit. And that's not always necessarily true. And if we're talking about just like my ability to make sure that you stay in like close to injury free, or you go for longer durations without injury, we need to be strong in order to do that. And that's why I tend to be a bit more biased. It's great to be able to achieve these long distances of running and rowing at at really awesome times. And I'm not necessarily saying that someone needs to squat, you know, three or 400 plus pounds in order to be considered strong. But at the same time, like there is a lot of research out there that goes to show like if someone can't necessarily squat one and a half times body weight, they have a higher risk of injury to lower limb extremities. And right. that's talking from like the waist down. So that's why right. I tend to be a bit more biased. 
No, and, and I would I would agree with you there, and and it's and to just to to kind of maybe put your what you just said into a little bit more perspective. A lot of times when I think about what's important in having strength versus other pieces or other buckets of of the fitness spectrum is I think about like shapes, right? So the potentially the larger a shape, the larger surface area and or base it can contain, um, you know, uh, and, I, and I think that sometimes within strength, when, when you're talking about that window of opportunity for either staying as far away from injury as we can or opening the window as much to injury as, as we don't want to, I think that sometimes our ability to maintain shapes is a huge part of that, especially within CrossFit, because exactly what you're saying is if I take a workout, we had that workout uh, at the gym, like what a month or two ago. And it was the row wall ball hang squat snatch workout. It was like three rounds for effort. And, you know, one thing I thought about in that workout is that for me, like um, my back blew up in that workout. I wasn't expecting it, but then I was asking myself, well, like, you know, oh, it was just it must have been because of my breathing. It was no, it's because I hadn't been strength training for like a couple months. And I realized, well, my lower back and my ability and my core, once I started breathing heavy, my shapes, I couldn't, I wasn't strong enough to hold as good of shapes as I wanted to. And mm-hmm. therefore, my efficiency of moving really came down. And that was when it, that was kind of like a wake up call to me, like, wow, I've really, I've really uh, neglected my general strength with trying to stay fit. So I agree with you that. I always think that, and, and if we want to get technical with it, like you're saying, the medical literature also shows us that large increase of, of you know, muscle mass increases also bone density, which then increases the demand and health on tendons and ligaments, which also, you know, not only keeps joints healthy within movement, but uh, the other side of that too is that when we have increased uh, tendon and ligament strength, it also is directly related to better hormones, you know, so we just generally have better hormones in our body. So I, I would agree with you on, on that, that I think strength is something that's important. Um, so when we look at, when we look at strength and we look at, you know, someone saying like, well, yeah, you know, I generally try to, you know, squat something once a week or pull something once a week or press something once a week. And, and I just kind of go from there. Like, why is it important where maybe our fitness, like I kind of position the question earlier, like our fitness could probably always be a little bit varied and a little, doesn't have to always necessarily be directly constant within, you know, aerobic training or things like that. But with strength training, it's a little bit different when we want to see progress. So for you, when you look at uh, strength training, why is it important to you that, you know, maybe we do look at like um, that word period is I period periodizing strength and or looking at a progressive way like week to week of strength like why is that important uh why is that important to do well i mean the biggest thing that we we need to first monitor is fatigue so with with strength training and strength training doesn't necessarily always mean like i'm doing a one rep max or five reps right like that goes beyond that that goes and a lot of people can attest into 10s 15s 20s 30s 50s there's you know it's infinite but when we're thinking, I guess what I'm just considering just strength training in general, let's just, let's uh, like dedicate it down towards like our heavier barbell movements. Um, And we need to think about how that affects like not only my body physically, but also mentally, because as I get heavier, the shift from this 
creating more muscular strain is going to go towards more creating like a nervous system strain. So if I'm not monitoring that, and then this person's just squatting, you know, five, six times a week up to heavy singles, like there's going to be a level of like neurological strain that could potentially lead to injury um, or other, other things. So we just need to be mindful of when periodizing, like with the athlete, um, how frequently can they handle this monitoring fatigue, which then comes into communication. So I think we like at the gym, we're programming for classes, you know, and I'm asking people, you know, how do you feel today? And someone's like, I'm sore, you know, but mentally they're all there. There are signs as coaches that we should be looking for, especially like when we're pushing the intensity. And now when I'm speaking of intensity, I'm speaking of those higher percentages in a squat, 80 plus percent where it's going to start to create that strain on the mind a bit more like what what persona is this person putting off because it with an athlete the the thing with the athlete is you only get them from athletics so when you see how they're performing in sport you can tell right away like well if this is the only thing that they're doing all day like they I probably need to reduce or increase what they're doing. Like if they're feeling really good, I can increase. If, if they're like showing signs of fatigue, they're incredibly tired, they're really beat down, you know, then I, I might reduce the amount of volume. But with our general population, when I'm seeing that with them, I'm thinking more so like, well, this person probably worked all day, maybe lack of sleep. So yeah. conservative programming is going to ultimately be better because when we're when we're being conservative with how we're programming and and like our our population still squats once once to twice a week and they'll actually be getting more so into and back into twice a week which tends to be a pretty good consistent theme across the board for anybody like squatting once to twice a week uh once a week for maintenance and you can still create a good amount of progress with once a week i would say no more than three times a week uh with an athlete or even with just a general population Right. And I think what you said is important because it relates back to the way that we, uh, you know, that we at Kingfield um, create the narrative around strength. So obviously everyone's now in within the gym is very used to the RPE scale. Um, You know, we've got the charts all over the gym. It's something that, you know, we've, you know, we use the gear system and breathing. We use the RPE scale within strength training. And I think to kind of help people who are listening, you know, structure that a little bit more what when it, what anthony is saying when he refers to like intensity and strength training versus other things so typically as coaches and in, in programming when we look at those things we're looking at intensity versus volume which i think are two things that sometimes get mixed when people are looking at chasing strength as they they think that well um you know, volume, volume is always going to be king or intensity is always going to be king. But back to what Anthony said before that is like how you could build strength in a variety of rep systems. One rep max is all the way up to, we'll just, we'll, we'll say, we'll, we'll cap it for this conversation at 20 reps, right? The idea and what we're saying is where we would feel intensity in a workout, which is, you know, heart rate in your throat, Fran lung, um, you know, general fatigue, that would be the intensity spectrum of expressing fitness, so to speak, in that way, just because that's where we're putting fitness right at this conversation. But when we talk to intensity um, and strength training, we're talking about your ability to put out something as hard as you can for no restraints of time. Um, and, you know, I, I think that why something like using the RP spectrum in what we do is so important is exactly what you said is like, I don't know if um, you fucking hate your boss and you're always stressed out at work every day 
and maybe you sit at work and maybe your your job's not physically taxing but like you said your 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 emotional state and your mental state is being taxed all day long and then you come to the gym and you're always asking yourself man why like why do my squats or why is my deadlifts or why do my bench or my press why do why do when we get to those one or two reps, why does it always just feel like I never have that extra bit of oomph? And that's why I agree with what you're saying is why is it so important, more important for us to kind of put an open-ended conversation on the expectation of that day versus being like, nope, today is 80% of your one rep max. Um, you're going to hit it for five sets of two. Um, you know, it is what it is. And I think that a lot of times people get caught up um, you know, dare I say within other gyms or other programs, not to, you know, ah, whatever. Yeah. Other coaches, maybe not be considering that and thinking about that because in their mind, like you're saying, the coach is thinking about what they perceive as is important in gaining strength versus when we're, when we're programming for our gym as a whole, we can't look at it like that. Cause like you're saying, it's too much of a melting pot of different people, different backgrounds, different situations. And so, um, when we look at progressing the model and strength and how we try to make it long term, you know, what you'll see with the at home stuff coming up this next week, what you've been seeing from Kingfield is you won't see percentages or weight restraints around the movements. You'll just say, hey, it's supposed to feel this way or it's supposed to feel that way. And to you, like as an athlete yourself in training, Anthony, like have you seen sometimes more gain from what you and I know as auto-regulation versus always sticking to percentage-based training? Have you seen that, um, you know, flow with your life better and keep you training longer? Or, or kind of where do you where do you think that the two have had the most importance um, for you in, in your, your pursuit of athletics? I mean, I think in the uh... – and in which what I do, it's a little bit more complicated um, right. just because of the amount of specificity that's involved with weightlifting. So you can't put an RPE on a snatch or a clean and jerk, unfortunately, just because the model doesn't fit the traditional strength model. But you right. can put it like what, what Quinn Henneck would talk about is like a session RPE on your training to then determine on a scale of one to five, like how was the session rated overall? And then that in return can, can be really valuable feedback. Um, now with RPE and, and comparative to strength specific, it is very valuable for me where if like what, what we've been doing more and what I've been doing more with my own programming with people is putting percentage variables. And then if it's a strength specific, I'll put a percentage variable or a load specific variable. Like let's say for them, uh, it's two sets of 10 dumbbell bench press between 25 and 35 pounds per hand. And it should be an RPE of a seven just to start things out where it's like by the end of your set, you should be able to achieve maybe three more reps. If the person's truly, you know, thinking and spending some time doing their diligence and let's say they hit a set at 35 and they like, basically it was like a max out set of 10, that RPE maybe felt like a nine or a 10, then what they should be doing from there is backing off down to like thirties or 25s or maybe even lighter to then auto-regulate, which has been very valuable in my training where sometimes like sure. I do have, I do tend to be a little bit more gung-ho about the percentages and bias just because right. most of my life has been based around right. it. Be because you but have I to know, you have to know what that feels like when you step on the platform. And the reason I position that question is because I want people to understand like, you know, if this is benefiting a, a high level athlete, like 
that we shouldn't be feeling like it's not going to benefit us. You know what I mean? And, and the other thing that I like about it too, is when we look at the RPE model as coaches um, or the way I like to look at it too, is if I know that you have stress in your life, the other thing I liked for people to understand as an athlete is now um, the stress of expectation when I come into the gym is also kind of taken out of it because it's like, once I start to understand, like you're saying, what that should feel for me that day, then I no longer have the stress of chase having to chase a percentage. Instead, I know every single time when I come in the gym to work that I'm going to be able to just work at my capacity of what I feel that day. And I think that what I also love about that model, too, is that allows us to like what we kind of said before with injury and stress allows us to keep showing up day after day for long periods of time, because then the expectation is just on how I feel and what I'm able to achieve or, or put out that day. Um, so, um, okay. So shifting to kind of the at home stuff and, and the way that we're going to be kind of going about still chasing, um, you know, cause obviously we're, we're not in the gym. We don't have all the access to the things or the environment that we've been used to. And, you know, obviously everybody that's listening is starting to experience that within finding routine, finding their own intensity back at home and those types of things. When we look at training um, and you've had a chance to kind of look through, you know, what we have coming up over the, the coming weeks and stuff like that. Like, so let's take the strength training or this, you know, the movements that we kind of have coming up this, this at the at home training, you know, what are, when I, when I'm looking at it from my perspective, and how I've been kind of trying to frame it in my mind is that now is a time where probably one of the things that we have somewhat a control over the most is going to be a little bit of our maintaining our strength and maintaining a base of fitness as we come back into the gym. Um, but what are some things that you think are important for people to maybe, you know, let's say I'm a, let's say I'm a pretty self-competitive person <clears throat> at CrossFit Kingfield and I'm really wondering or questioning if, the things that we're going to be doing at home are actually going to help me maintain a level of strength and fitness. When you look at the program and like, <clears throat> what are some pieces of, of advice or some things that you see that could help people shift their mindset to actually realizing that we can still maintain a good level of strength and fitness with this at home um, and online training? Well, and it's, it's not, it's, it's a couple things with this too. Like, I think for, for a lot of people and including myself, like it's one of those things where I, in the past, I thought if I don't have access to this and I can't, let's say, let's, let's say I can't squat. Well, I'm not gonna be able to squat that much when I come back. Cause I just took all this time off. Well, that's not the case at all. And honestly, like if we just continue to train in general and move around and then add in a little bit of loading or add in a little bit of jumping and, you know, move things fast, move things slow for longer durations. Like our ability to, to maintain across the spectrum is going to be a lot higher than the person that's just like, well, I did all this hard work. I can't do this anymore. So just kind of screw this. I'm going to take my time off. And you'd be surprised. Like when you come back, maybe initially weights do feel a little heavier but we have to look at that from the perspective of you're not capable. It's, it's not that you're not capable of doing it. It's that you just haven't felt that weight in a while. So for someone that's like, well, I just got to this PR clean of 135 pounds. I'm not gonna be able to achieve that. You're going to be able to achieve it. It's just 
like up here, it's going to take a little bit of time for your body to readapt to that loading pattern because you're just not used to feeling that anymore. So if I have someone that's like, I was working so hard for this 400 plus pound squat and I was right there, I just hit it. And like, now I'm never going to be able to do it again. It's like, no, no, no. Give it some time, let your body readapt because it adapts relatively quickly. And as long as you were continuing to do the work that you were doing at home that we're prescribing for you, you're going to be able to get back to that so much quicker than the person that made the decision to kind of intermittently fit in some fitness from time to time. And I know that this is a stressful time, but like even the person that's achieving some kind of workload once a week is going to be able to come back to this faster than the person that makes the decision to not do this at all. Right. No, and I agree. And I think that <clears throat> the way that, <clears throat> so obviously for people that are listening and, and you know, like um, right now, as we make this shift, um, you know, Anthony's bucket as a coach is to design and kind of have a little bit of an overview of the way that we, we chase and, and produce strength within the walls of the gym as we've shifted to this online model. I'm, I've been the one that's kind of building the framework for the online model. For people that don't know, I've run my own online coaching business for about the last five years. So I've worked in the online space and worked with remote clients who for a lot of my clients, they work, they have to work out at home or they, you know, so that flow, but I, I agree with you. I think the one thing that I see in this is that um, it'd be like, I, I think about it, and, and maybe some people understand this and, and maybe some people won't, but I, I think of it in the way of a, as a musician. So I grew up, I've grown up as a musician my whole life. And it's one of those things where I know that if I don't, play the drums for a long period of time. It's not that I can't still play the drums, but I need a couple of warm-up sessions before I feel the dexterity come back, before I feel like that connection to the drums again. And then usually after just a, you know, maybe an extra 30, 40 minutes of kind of getting there, like I feel good about coming back into that. And I think the same thing for strength, like a perfect example for me is that um, uh, last year or about a year ago from now, um, I had gone through a program. I had built up to an all-time PR high bar back squat, and then shortly after it, I was just doing something silly, tweaked my knee a little bit, just like doing something outside of the gym. And I asked my coach at the time, you know, to just say, "Hey, I just don't want to put a bar on my back for a while. I want, I want, I want to still do some stuff. What can I do?" And the craziest thing is, you know, and this is obviously just specific to what I was doing, is he just had me do a bunch of holds wall sits and like goblet squat variations for a little while and obviously i trusted him and when i came back um i still remember the first kind of squat session coming back he wanted me to build up to like 80 percent of what that that pr had been and i was like i don't know man and i and it yeah like you're saying it felt that 80 percent felt like a one rep max but i was amazed that i still moved the bar the way that i did and you know it was one of those things where again i think the the goal that, that i have around this in this time of of uh training for us as a team and for the gym is that it's just maintenance i'm i'm asking the question of how much can we maintain and or with the things that you're programming and movement and accessory and chris is programming and the skill of weightlifting like how much can we still feel like as a gym and a community that we're still progressing? So that when we walk back into the gym, it's going to be like one or two, maybe classes or workouts where we're kind of just shaking off the picking up an actual barbell again, or just kind of being in a new high intensity environment again to where we go right back into feeling like, Oh, we've been here this whole time. You know what I mean? So I would agree with 
can I can I go on like just a short tangent off of Go what you said? Yeah, absolutely. So and like the other thing as well, just just from from my perspective, what you said with the guitar, like it makes me think back to when I used to only be able to train out of my garage as as a, like high school kid, and all I had access to were like my dad's interval inter, interchangeable weight dumbbells, where you had to like unscrew it, put on more plates, and screw it back. <laughs> That's all I had. Yeah. I had access to that. I had access to my street, and I had access to my car. So my my whole day of training was literally around like dumbbell bench press pushing my car for some leg strength, maybe some lunging and then like some long distance running. Every year I came back into high school just because I did that for the entire summertime, which I mean, that's like three or four months. I'd go back into high school and I end up PRing my back squat almost every school. So, and that, I mean, that's at a, that's at a young age, but that's not to say that just because, you know, we're limited, you can't get back to that. Like you're going to be able to get back to it just fine. And, you know, we want to think about patterns, like we're achieving in like you, you're talking about shapes, like we're achieving the same shapes and the same patterns doing these things. So neurologically, it's still going to fit within the system and you're going to be able to un, like, you're going to come back and you're going to be able to achieve. Now, if we're looking at this from a mental standpoint, like if we're looking at training and training isn't a hundred percent of my ability to progress. So if I'm looking at a pie chart, training, training in itself is maybe 40 to 60% of my capability right. of progressing while mentally the capacity in which I can be able to be optimistic about my training and have a good mental attitude is going to actually be about 40% of that pie chart. So, if, and this is, and this is coming from people that are, are high up in USA weightlifting that do all of the mental work uh, and sports science or sports psychology for the athletes. So 40% of that is a, is a pretty big chunk. And so if mentally, I'm just telling myself, like, I'm never going to get back to this. I'm never going to be able to do this. Well, of course not, because you're making that mental decision yourself to put yourself down and put, put yourself in that hole. And instead, if we can be optimistic and look at what's going to happen when you come back, like, Think about just the the pure excitement of being able to come back and do power cleans again, or, you know, spend time doing barbell work and be with a community like that's exciting. And so allowing yourself to just get excited about like, okay, this is some time off, but then it makes me rethink like, why was this so much fun? And if you can start to consider it that way, like, wow, this is a lot of fun. And just from a community aspect of me being able to do these movements, that in itself is going to allow you to progress because you're going to come back more excited than when you left because it's going to have more of a fresh attitude. 100%. I think that I I couldn't agree with that more. And I think that one of the terms that I have always kind of, it was, it was put to me by a coach a long time ago, but um, potential versus expression. Like I think that understanding that what's, important about maintaining and still chasing these goals when we're at home and with this online training is that we're we're still we're still maintaining if not building a, a level of potential you know meaning like you're saying like our, our brain okay our brain's getting used to movement every day to resistance every day our systems are still used to our heart rate increasing our breathing increasing um, and so we're still maintaining and building that potential so that like you're saying, as soon as I get back to a power clean, I get back to a toe to bar, I get back to, you know, a squat snatch or something like that. Like, um, now that's just me being able to express it where if I just completely walk away from it, um, I lose a lot of that potential. And so my expression is going to feel so much lower where exactly what you're saying with the mental side of it is that there's so much of a component beyond the physical, um, a 
you know, not even talking about mindset, but just like you're saying the neurological benefits, like your body's going to be used to stress. Your body's still going to be used to a little bit of loading. Your body's still going to be used to a little bit of, of, of moving and moving with a purpose or a sense of, of, you know, output. Um, and then, so when we come back into the gym, that expression and that ability to express that to a certain degree is still going to be there. So, but yeah, no, I, I think that my biggest thing is like, I mean, I've been somebody who's, you know, been working out of, out of my garage and other things for a long period of time. I, tra I travel a lot. And so I'm kind of always working out in not always ideal circumstances. And the one thing I've always found the most consistent is just, is just being consistent, like with whatever I have. And as long as I do that, I've been very surprised that since I walked away from, from competing in CrossFit um, almost four years ago now, like I've always consistently still done some sort of movement or training and whenever i jump back into pure crossfit things or pure weightlifting things i'm always very surprised with what i still am able to achieve um and i and i and i realize you know that a lot of that is the fact that i'm just doing something you know doing something consistently so um cool well is there anything that you kind of would like to kind of add or kind of finish with just to you know for people to think with this kind of whole situation with us you know doing online training as a community for sure yeah i mean i think to um this is something that people can easily take advantage of is uh just youtube videos um and and it it it, it might seem a little silly but just spending some time like okay i don't have access to a pull-up bar so i can't necessarily do toes to bar but can i access a youtube video in which i can watch people do toes to bar and then can i spend some time just envisioning what that might feel like with myself. That's a tough, that's a tough challenge for somebody. But if I'm talking about 40% of training is also mental capacity, like that's still almost 50% of the work, which is still like, even if it was only 20%, like that 20% or 10% or 5% is gonna allow you to get better. So if you can spend some time just envisioning what that looks like, you're gonna still be able to achieve that movement and you're going to still be able to get better because you're spending time just what is that going to look and feel like in my own mind? I do the same thing with muscle-ups. I do, I do ring muscle-ups. I, I joke with people like once a year. <laughs> my, best, my best ring muscle-up set, uh, I think, ever was I did 21 in a row when I was – it was like 2013. I can still come back at a, a very much heavier body weight and achieve 13 to 15 muscle-ups, no problem, and have only done it in one year. And, and that's that one attests to just my strength and stability, but two, it just attests to the fact that it's like, I still observe muscle ups from time to time. And I still spend time just kind of thinking about like, Oh, what does a muscle up feel like? And then I can go back and do that and show that visually. This is also just athleticism, but I mean, mentally this does take, this does take a lot in order for me to be able to continue to achieve that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I think that, I think that that goes to a lot of things just beyond training. Like, you know, um, you know, we, th we think about, you know, think about how we, the majority of us as a community have, you know, been exposed or experienced, you know, Danny talk about breathing and how a lot of what Danny talks about in breathing, it's, it's not about the numbers or necessarily about the breath, but it's being connected to what you're asking of yourself or what you're feeling or what you're ex expecting. And I think the same thing when you, I mean, I use visualization for everything. Like, you know, uh, weight, let's take weightlifting, for instance, tons of my online clients are weightlifting in their training. And so I'm looking at videos of snatches and cleans, uh, 
every day. And um, I know right now I could still walk out in my garage, pick up a bar, and even though I haven't loaded a snatch in, I don't know, eight, nine months, I can still pick it up and I can go into the exact positions I want to, not because I'm necessarily doing that every day, but like you're saying, my brain is connected to what that is supposed to supposed to feel like or supposed to look like and uh, and i think that sometimes especially when one talking about maybe maybe you're somebody who doesn't feel very athletic or maybe you're not naturally athletic that's a huge part i think to gaining athleticism is just watching 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 and then once you start to practice it and connect it to the feeling of that you know the visual tactile verbal um, you know, auditory sense of, of the way that we learn kind of all comes together in that. So I, I agree. I think just the more you just take this extra free time to digest information and absorb information, it's great. So, um, okay, cool guys. Well, this podcast, as you're listening to it, is coming out in the Sunday letter from Danny, as well as programming on the website. What's going to be different as you guys are probably reading through the letter, maybe listening to this podcast is instead of having a, uh, a, a link for every single day of training, it's just going to be one link that shows you the whole week of training. Um, we'll still have the links to the calls and the classes on the website and everything, but, uh, yeah, well, sweet. Anthony, thanks for taking the time to, to do this with me. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, we can do this anytime. Sweet. Maybe uh, I think the next topic, maybe, uh, you and I can talk about is maybe the difference between strength training and hypertrophy training and where there's any kind of marriage of the two and, or if I'm chasing specific goals, maybe what should I, what should I be thinking about leaning towards? I think that's kind of the next conversation I'd like to have with you. So